We are Allie and Erica, certified integrative nutrition health coaches in gut and hormone health and the hosts of the podcast, Courageous Wellness. We are committed to destigmatizing conversations in the wellness space and celebrate the experiences and lessons of our guests in pursuit of physical, emotional, and spiritual wellness. Listen to Courageous Wellness wherever you get your podcasts with fresh episodes every Wednesday. Welcome to the Starseed Kitchen Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. This is your source for information to empower you to be a positive seed for change in your community. Join me for conversation where we learn about food, wellness, and spiritual concepts for high vibration living. I'll be sharing my knowledge and learning with you from experts providing insight into nourishing all the layers of you, the physical, emotional, spiritual, and etheric bodies, so you can thrive in 5D. Let's get started. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Anna Spedberg. Anna is a certified holistic health coach and nutrition coach based in Sweden who uses mindfulness practices such as yoga, meditation, journaling, and affirmations to help her clients heal their gut, to regain their energy, and to feel more light, vibrant, and free. From struggling with an eating disorder starting at age 16, Anna suffered from gut health issues that began to impact her life. Anna knew that in order to heal, she had to dive deep into her own personal intuitive journey. With yoga kickstarting Anna's path to wellness, she was soon led to studying nutrition and was later certified as a holistic health coach. Through nutrition, mindfulness, spirituality, and journaling, Anna now coaches and assists women in healing their own food and gut health issues while cultivating a newfound relationship with themselves. Well, welcome, Anna, to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for that beautiful uh, introduction as well. Absolutely. Well, this is such a great um, connection that we've made because we believe in the same principles of well-being, yeah. that mm-hmm. it's more than food and it's more just, than just our thoughts and how we move our body. It's a, it's a big combination. So I'm so excited to hear that other people are on the same wavelength throughout the world. It's, it's a great time and a great opportunity to shift. It really is. I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. So tell me briefly about your background and a little more about what you're doing right now as a holistic health coach. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I'll start where kind of my my own healing journey started. And you know, as you as you mentioned also in, in the introduction, for me it it started like I developed an eating disorder when yeah, I was around uh, sixteen. Um, obviously, at that time, I didn't understand why or what that came from or why I developed that. Um, along the way, I've learned that for me, at least it was a lot, it's different for different people, but for me, it was, a it was a way to, to be in control. I felt when I was younger that I wasn't, you know, in control of things. So that I wanted to be in control of things, whether it was my emotions or what I was doing, being very much a perfectionist wanting to do well and everything so you can't you can't do that that will never happen so for me that was a way to to yeah to be in in control of something it's very food is one of the things that you can you can easily control so that I choose to to kind of 
my way of controlling things was uh, was their food. But also for me, when I was younger, I didn't really, I didn't have a, a space where I could actually express my emotions fully. And also when that builds up in, in the body, it's then you also try to find ways of, okay, I'm feeling this way again. How can I, how can I find something that, that comforts me? And that could be either that you're eating or not eating. So again, kind of going back to that uh, control around food. So, and it was a lot, my eating disorder was a lot of like not eating. And then I also had a period where I kind of, you know, worked out excessively and, you know, didn't eat a lot then either, but it was always food was very much in the center of what was actually controlling my, my way of, of living. And then I think the, you know, the, the shift, and I can't remember exactly what, what happened, but I think somewhere in my heart, I just felt that like, I can't do this anymore. Like I need to, I need to find a way out of this. And then for, for some reason, then I came across yoga. So that was really the, the gateway into my, my own healing journey. It wasn't overnight, but <laughs> that, that was really the gateway into it. And yoga is still a very big part of, of my life. But that was, I think I got very connected to yoga because that was a place where I got very connected to my body. I could mm -hmm. ground myself in my body and being present in, in my body as well, really getting to know myself. And I think through yoga, I was also introduced to I mean, meditation, but also um, meeting people in the health and wellness space. So it just, you know, create a lot of new connections around that as well. But that was really the, the gateway into my own healing journey. And then, of course, when you start to work on your relationship with yourself, then also the relationship with, with food starts to heal as well. So it was a journey, but that's, that's where, it, where it started. And that's also where my, where my passion also started for helping others who are especially dealing with a poor relationship with food, but also because I had also developed gut health issues as a result of that, like when you're not eating, <laughs> you will develop gut health issues as a result of that as well. And I know how just how much energy that can take up and how also overwhelming it can be to deal with gut health issues on a daily basis. So, you know, when when I started to, you know, get into my healing journey and started to feel a lot better, I was just like, this is something that I want to help others with, like, you shouldn't have to feel like you're trapped in in your body or that you're controlled by food or you know whatever it might be if you know be you're here to <laughs> to feel healthy and and good in your body so that's really where my uh, passion for helping others started thank you for sharing that so where did you turn to when you decided that you wanted to go back to school and learn more about nutrition and food and become a holistic health coach um, where did you go to school and how did you find it yeah, so it was actually through a friend of mine. So I, I knew that she, she's a holistic health coach as well. So I actually asked her, I was like, where, where did you go? Where did you study? I feel like that's always a good way to, to get advice on where to uh, educate yourself. So it was a, a school in, uh, in Switzerland that I did uh, online. It's called the International Institute of uh, Naturopathy. 
So it was actually through her and I knew that she had loved that education and it felt like a good fit. So, so that's, uh, that's where I went. Did you find that that program touched on traditional foods of the area of Europe that you're in? So I don't think it actually went into that in, in detail, like specifically, especially in Sweden, it wasn't focused on that and not so much like traditional foods in, in Europe. I think it was more a, like a global approach, but yeah, to answer your question, it didn't, it didn't go into to that. So what are the traditional foods of Sweden? <laughs> yeah. I'm very curious. Yes. And whenever I get this question, I'm always like, oh, what, what are our traditional foods? <laughs> but I would say, you know, also for me growing up, like a lot of food that we had, you know, everything from, you know, meatballs. I think that's very Swedish. You know, if you go to Ikea anywhere in the world, they will have meatballs. <laughs> so that's very traditional, like sausages or fish, like very I would say it's very simple foods that are traditional foods here, but like meat and fish and yeah, and sausages, I would say it's, it's quite traditional here. Are there fermented foods or yogurts or cheeses um, that are traditional that people have in their diets or I would say used to because it's really interesting with the way foods are now. It you know, yeah. you say meatballs are traditional, but most people are eating like microwavable or prepackaged meatballs versus <laughs> traditional meatballs that were handmade that maybe used organ meats totally. that really were healthy. So yeah. um, I'm curious, what are maybe some of the other foods that um, that used to be traditional that people just don't even think of anymore, or now you can really only get them in a more commercial processed way. Yeah, that's a good, but I would, yeah, it's probably also, yeah, cheese is probably one of them uh, for sure. But I think also, as you say, in general with meatballs, for example, it, it's really moved away from, you know, kind of you're getting homemade meatballs at your grandmother's place to so being yeah. more of the, yeah, packed or processed stuff, like everything, I think in general, because everything is also everything is moving so much more quickly nowadays. We want convenience. So I think everything from that, but also thinking about rice or pasta, whatever it might be that a lot of things are processed today or things are added into it, if it's sugar or oil or... So I feel like in, in general, things are just more processed and things are added to, to things as well. It's the same here in, in Sweden, for sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I feel like we're all on the same boat. Um, when it comes to, you know, learning how to eat and learning how to eat real food um, and understanding the difference of what real food is and what processed food is, I think that's a hard thing for people to recognize. And I think it's also yeah. the root cause of a lot of women's challenges with food um, because, you know, you, you think you're eating something that's good for you, but your body is showing you inflammation or you're getting an upset stomach and you don't understand why, because you right. see so-and-so over there eating the same thing and you know, they're skinny and beautiful. Why aren't, why, why am I not having the same results when I eat that food? Um, totally. So what, uh, when you get new clients, what are the questions that they're often asking you? Do you find that there is a consistent pattern of the type of questions that they're all reaching out to you for? 
Yeah, that's a good question. I think a lot of, especially because I've mainly worked with, especially women with gut health issues or it's the relationship with food, but usually these two also go hand in hand because when you do develop gut health issues, a lot of women that I've seen, at least, you know, you develop fear around food because you don't know like what is causing my gut health issues. Like is it this food and then you start to eliminate foods. And it becomes this, you know, fear around food. So I feel like those two um, really kind of go hand in hand. But in terms of questions that I usually get, or when, you know, women in the past have, have come to me with these things, it's, you know, I have, I feel like I've tried, you know, everything and I have no idea what, what to eat anymore. Like, I don't know what to, to do. I feel like I have tried a lot of different things, but I'm just at a stage right now where I'm so confused about what to do. So I think it's usually that stage where I meet people. It's that confusion is like, <laughs> what, what do I actually do now? Yeah. And so how do you have them start um, filling their home up with food and, and restocking their pantry and helping them listen to their gut or follow their intuition on what they're really hungry for? Yeah. And I always also tell people like, it's so important to find the, the root cause. I mean, for, especially with gut health issues to understand like why, where does it come from? I think that the most common thing is, is stress. Um, like gut health issues are triggered by, by stress, but it can also, it can definitely be food it can also be triggered by that. It can also be triggered by antibiotics. If you've been, you know, taking antibiotics for, you know, extended period of time that can also trigger uh, gut health issues. So it's, it's also important to also dive into where it comes from. Let's say if it's food related, then yes, then we can start looking at, okay, what kind of food changes do, do we need to make? Has it been mostly very processed foods, sugary foods up until now? Like how can we start to slowly implement new types of foods like whole foods and start to, to remove the, the more processed and the sugary foods? But I always say making it a, a slow process. It doesn't make sense to throw everything out and then bring in all the, the vegetables and fruits and fiber because that's that's just going to overload <laughs> the gut. Yeah. And you feel like you're just getting more gut issues because your gut is like, hey, I am not used to all this fiber that you're getting from the plant foods. That um, That's great when you're actually um, healing your gut. So you want to start slow and also for your own sake. So it doesn't feel like this super big transformation that, um, that you're doing. But if it's more stress related, it's important to look at, at that aspect because then you can't, you can't just fix things then with food. Then you might just feel like you're changing your food habits you're switching out all your foods and then you're like, Hey, nothing is, nothing is happening. So then it's more uh, looking at your lifestyle. You know, what, where is that stress from? Is it work? Is it a relationship? You know, where, where is that coming from? So it's, it's really getting to the root cause of the, uh, of the issue. How do you assess a client's stress and how do you help them see places that they're creating that essentially internal and external inflammation? Yeah, great question. So I always say, I mean, it's a lot about self-awareness and starting to, you know, actually ask yourself questions. And I always say like, there's so much magic in, in stillness and taking some time in stillness, so you can actually start to, to ask yourself questions. Like what, what am I doing right now? Like, what is it that is actually bringing me stress? Is it something at work? Am I happy at work? Is it like something related there? 
It could be the amount of work. Is it someone at work that is stressing me out? Is it that I'm saying, you know, yes to too many things? If it's work, events, social things, um, you know, whatever it might be, start to ask yourself questions like, what in my life right now am I feeling is, is stressful? Is it that I'm not setting boundaries? Again, that kind of goes back to the saying yes to too many things. But kind of seeing, you know, just taking inventory <laughs> of your life and your lifestyle and you'll start to see then like what is actually causing you um, you stress. So when I, you know, when I work with people, you know, you kind of get a lot of insights from that when you start to just taking a moment for yourself. When and do you ever introduce Swedish bitters into your clients um, lifestyle or habits to support digestive health. Is that something yeah. that is a trend or still talked about? So I wouldn't say that it's a trend. I mean, bitters are great for digestive health. So that's definitely something that when, you know, when speaking about food with people that I work with, that's definitely something to introduce. And also because we're so accustomed to like eating sweets <laughs> so also eating bitters can sometimes feel like if you're not used to that it feels like a lot but it's it's great for digestive health so but I always like for me it's also important when when I do work with people so to I mean just experiment with things try that but if it doesn't feel like that works for you then just skip it it's the same I have a lot of People ask me about like celery juice, for example, which is, you know, it could be amazing, but I'm also like, if it doesn't feel like it works for you, if it, you know, I've had, you know, clients that get nausea from it and I'm just like, then you don't need to do, you don't need to do anything. <laughs> There's yeah. no, there are no magic foods to, to solve things. Um, but to answer your question around the, the bitters, it's not something that I like proactively, um, suggest clients to, to introduce, but it's, it's definitely good for gut health. Yeah. Are there any food trends or healthy food trends that are happening in your area right now that you're having to really educate your clients on? So they don't, um, jump on board too much, like, you know, celery juice, um, mm. or green juice in general can be great and beneficial sometimes. It's hydrating to the body, hydrating to the colon, you know, but um, not, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of waste of food. It's, yeah. um, if you're not using quality ingredients, you're getting concentrated pesticides, herbicides, insecticides. Like it's not, it's not necessarily the holy grail. So I feel like there's constant education to people that, you know, just because you see a healthy food trend doesn't mean that's what you're supposed to eat every day for the rest of your life. <laughs> you, <laughs> exactly. You know? Hi, I'm Chef Whitney Aronoff. As a personal chef, I created custom organic spices for my clients. These blends are of the highest quality with no added sugar, MSG, caking agents, or any junk. I want you to have the same access to good quality seasonings, which is why I've launched my line of organic spice blends. High Vibration Foods by Starseed Kitchen is my collection of chef-crafted organic spice blends made with only good-for-you ingredients. I use organic source spices, ancient mineral-rich Redmond Real Salt, prepare the blends listening to Kundalini Mantra music, then charge the jars with the quartz Giza crystals for a true high vibration experience. You can now purchase my most requested blend, 11 Magic Herbs and Spices, on starseedkitchen.com. Use code STARSEED for 10% off your purchase. Can't wait for you to enjoy.
So is there any, are there food trends that are popular where you are right now that you're really having to kind of coach your clients on saying, you know, maybe that's something that's a treat and not an everyday lifestyle? Yeah, I don't think I haven't seen any, I mean, now in Sweden, I haven't seen any kind of new trends popping up, but I think usually also when, when I have worked with people, like for example, with juices, I mean, that's something also that usually comes in like new flavors and new ways, you know, that's quite trendy and in general, but that's something I feel like a, a lot of people that I do work with don't have the knowledge that juicing is not like always the best. So, because then you don't have the, um, you don't have the fiber anymore in it. So juicing can seem like juices can seem very healthy. Obviously, if you use vegetables and it's more green, that's better. But if it's purely fruit, then it's pretty much just sugar. You still get the vitamins and nutrients, but it's really like a sugar rush for, for the body. So yeah. that's like one of the things that I, you know, you should also mention because I think, especially when people come to me, they don't, they don't know that. And that's fair enough because it's been, um, it's been like demonstrated to be, uh, to be a very healthy thing. Yes. Are there any particular habits that are hard for clients to shift when they are wanting to get healthier or heal their gut? But, um, you know, there's always a few little stubborn habits that are hard to give up. That are usually more like emotional. Yeah, they are. They're definitely more emotional. And uh, I've had a few, it's like, oh, I don't want to give up this or going to that bakery or this specific, it's usually sugary stuff or very processed things, or it might be like a favorite fast food place, but it's like you say, it's very emotionally connected a lot of the times. But I also say that if you if you have a place or a cafe, a place where you love to go and you go there once a week, like do that. It's not like you have to give up everything. <laughs> that's not what it's about. But yeah, that's usually the the hardest stuff to give up are the, the sweet stuff. What do you think the emotional root cause is that's causing so many people to crave the sweets? Mm. I think because it's a, it's such a comforting thing with sweets. Like it's very comforting when you eat it. And also because it's, I mean, it's very addictive. It's almost like a, like it has the same like reward effect that certain drugs have. So there's no wonder that when you start to eat sugar, you get addicted to it and it's hard to give up uh, because you get that, that same kind of reward system in the brain gets, uh, gets lit up from it. So I think actually that's one of the, one of the reasons why it's hard for people to, to give up the sugary things. And it's just in the, in the moment, it gives a really, really nice feeling. Well, it's springtime right now. Is there anything mm-hmm. in particular that, um, you're really drawn to or enjoying incorporating into your diet or lifestyle, um, because of the particular season? Yeah, good question. So for me, I think also when it gets warm and also I mean during when it gets closer to summer, like for me, just automatically lighter foods. <laughs> I mean, I eat like smoothie bowls. I love that. I eat that like all year round, but I feel more like drawn to that or salads when it starts to get warmer as opposed to during winter, then, you know, I love eating curries or more like warm, comforting, grounding foods. 
So I feel like during this time, it's usually that, but it, it really varies for me. And I usually just try and tune into and, you know, kind of feel into what, what, what am I in the mood for right now? And, you know, I'll, I'll have curries and grounding foods in, in the summer as well. So it, uh, yeah, it really changes. Yeah. It's the transition season. So, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. back and forth kind of every day, a warm day, totally. a cold day. Yes, exactly. Are there some kind of general gut health tips that you can share with people today? Absolutely. I think when, and because gut health, it's um, also if we're looking at the the gut brain connection, that's also why it's it's food related, but it's also a lot to do with, you know, stress. It's also very connected to, to mental health as well. So I think with, with gut health and tips around that, and first of all, so looking into, you know, if you are struggling with gut health issues, going back to that and seeing, is it, am I experiencing a lot of stress right now in my life? Then it might be to find, you know, ways to slow down. It could be to be out in nature, connect with nature, taking a walk, movement is always good. But it could, it could be meditation, it could just be sitting in stillness. So really doing things that take you from the sympathetic nervous system. So in that fight or flight state and going into parasympathetic instead. That's really also where that's the only state where, where healing can happen. <laughs> so if, if that's something that, and you will be aware of that, you'll feel like, you know, yes, there is too much stuff going on in my life right now. And that could be really great things to, to uh, focus on in that case. Food-wise, plant-based foods are great. The reason for that is because they have, um, they have fiber. It's the only type of foods that have fiber. <laughs> you don't find it in meat or dairy or anything. And, um, you know, your healthy gut bacteria, they, they thrive on fiber. That's their food. So they, they need that <laughs> to grow and actually stay healthy. So that's very straightforward in terms of, you know, if you want to focus on food and experimenting with that, get some new like plant-based foods in that could be experimenting with new colors or textures. It could be, I mean, vegetables, fruits, nuts, seeds, anything that you want to try, but also get more variety into, uh, into the foods that you're eating. How do we keep our gut and digestive system happy and healthy when we're traveling, when our stress is going up? Um, the foods that we usually eat that we know work with our system aren't necessarily available. Uh, What tips do you share with your clients when you know they're going to be traveling? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know. I don't, uh, I don't travel so much anymore, but I used to, and then like going to Bali or if I went to the States, which are pretty long flights from here. And I mean, I could also always feel it in, in my gut that, you, you know, you feel a change just be the, the time difference and you're just getting out of it a little bit. But I, one thing that I do, I always bring my own snacks and as much like food as I can. <laughs> just to have that, I try to avoid the, uh, the food that's served on, on flights. So I would say that, like bring, bring your own foods. I also bring my own tea like herbal teas or just things that that I like that you can't, if you're on a really long flight and um, that can be hard to to get access to. So yeah, I always try to just bring, bring my own stuff, drink a lot of water, um, I would say. And I, another thing that I do that I always do if it's a long flight that I book the, the like the aisle seat so I can actually like go out. <laughs> 
lot <laughs> like walk around I remember like if I go to the whenever I go to the, the states I'm always up walking or I'm just standing and hanging out by the bathroom or trying to go out but it's a little bit of course you can do that you know when you're sitting by the window but it's uh, can be more challenging especially if someone is asleep so that's another tip just you actually move around and and move your body during a trip like that we travel the same exact way Really? <laughs> I do everything the same and have I love that. years. I always choose the aisle just yeah. for that same reason. So I can get up and down and stretch whenever I want. Mm-hmm. I always pack my own lunch, like a big, beautiful salad. I bring my own salad dressing. I always bring my own fork and spoon. And then I use that throughout my travels. Um, because food tastes yeah. so much better when you use real silverware versus, yeah, and it's so That's unnecessary, so you know, I can just go wrap it in a paper towel and wash it whenever I get to a bathroom. Uh, yeah. and I, I do, I bring my own snacks, you know, carrots stay really well in your purse. You know, I pack an apple or any fruit that's really easy to travel with, um, because it's so nice to have it in your bag when you wake up in the morning on a flight or, you know. I'm not trying to tell you to do anything illegal, but you know, you right. tend to be able to walk out of the airport with your apple and have it when you're ready for breakfast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I do the same. Yeah. So, uh, it, and it just makes all the difference. And for me, it helps remove some of the stress. And yeah. the only thing that usually upsets my stomach while traveling is that airport stress. So if I can have my own foods with me and just like you, my own herbal teas, um, it really makes the whole process less mm-hmm. stressful. And so I feel so much better when I get to my destination. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Good to hear that other people have found the same routine. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe someday we won't have to bring our own food because the quality will have risen. Um, let's you never let's know. hope so. Exactly. <laughs> um, there, was a, there was some time where the inter, uh, the American Airlines terminal at LAX had one of my favorite vegan restaurants in LA and it had the, oh, really? full, had the full juice bar and, you know, a green juice or bone broth or soup. That's what I want when I'm on a flight. Yeah. You, know, you want something that's really easy on the digestive system. That's hydrating. And for me, I especially want something hot and warm. Um, so I'm so great that there was, um, that restaurant at the airport terminal. Um, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I hope more things like that open up um, for people who are traveling. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So I wanted to jump and just touch a little bit on intuitive eating a little bit further. Um, yeah. What What is your definition of intuitive eating? Yeah, I think when it comes to intuitive eating, it's really learning, you know, what foods do actually make me feel good? Like what is right for me? It's so, I mean, today also, there are so many different diets, ways of, of doing things. It's more like, how how do I eat to take care of my body in the best way possible? How do I get the most energy? And again, how do, when do I feel the best and also intuitive eating, it's, it's never really about the food. <laughs> That's not really where it starts. It starts with the relationship that you have with yourself. Usually that's when we turn, it's very easy to use food as a way to, if it's, you know, as I mentioned with my eating disorder, then it was a way to control things. Or if you haven't had a space to express your 
and emotions. So it's, you know, then it could be around that. So it's really getting back to starting with actually healing the relationship with yourself. So you don't kind of jump over that part and turn to, to food. Cause it's very, it's very challenging to know, like intuitively eat or listen to your body. If you have a lot of stuff that you still need to work through. And that doesn't mean that you know, you come to a point and you're done. Obviously, that's the same for me. It's not like I'm fully healed and done with all the inner work <laughs> and all that stuff. But that's, that's really, that's kind of the starting point, getting to know your body, getting to know yourself, also questioning, like, what is it that I'm eating right now? Like, what, what kind of foods am I eating right now? Do I actually, do I enjoy these kind of foods? Has someone told me to eat in this way? Have I picked it up from social media? Is it a diet that's very trendy that I just took on and think will work for me? Do I actually feel, how do I feel in my body? Do I actually feel good do I have energy so it's really also challenging and looking at okay what what am I doing at at the moment like is it something that actually works for me is it something I feel very drawn to eat and that you know somewhere I feel intuitively that that might be something that's good for me but I'm excluding it because you know someone has told me that I shouldn't be eating it so I think that's also where it starts, you know, when you're starting your journey of intuitive eating and healing your relationship with food, you know, start to question your, your current situation, like, what am I doing right now? So, yeah, so my, yeah, intuitive eating is, is really coming down to figuring out what kind of food works best for me, for my body. Do you ever have clients look at their um, their parents' eating habits or their family ancestry and where they came from in order to figure out um, food habits or food choices that could better support them? Yeah, and I think especially looking at, you know, when when you, you were growing up, for example, like what were some of the, the foods you were eating then? Or maybe, you know, how were you taught to, to eat? Because it's also that the way that we are eating. That could also be, you know, were you guys eating, you know, together? Was was there a lot of stress around food? What kinds of foods? Was it, um, you know, home prepped foods? Was it, you know, fast food? Also having a look at that and maybe also seeing, because a lot of the, the beliefs and conditioning around food can also come from, from there. So that could be a good place to also see, okay, what, what did I actually pick up from my parents or from my, from my, uh, from my family who were eating? Now, how often are people talking about high frequency food or high vibration food um, in Sweden? I don't, I, you know, I hardly ever hear someone talk about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, not, not that I know of, you know, I, I do talk about that, but it's, I don't think it's really, you know, that common, or at least I don't hear a lot of people talk about high vibrational food. What does that mean to you when you hear those terms? So for me, and in terms of also high, like high frequency living, it, it really, for me, it comes down to, you know, living in a way that's authentic to you, like getting or being in that journey of connecting back to yourself. It's, you know, living in having joy and love and ease, or working towards getting more of that into your life. That doesn't mean that it's light and love and everything is good all the time. It's, it's not about that at all, but it's, you know, also implementing more of that, integrating more of those 
feelings and looking at how how do I want to live my life and also breaking like disrupting thought patterns what have I been taught to believe the ways of living or how to you know be whatever it might be like for me personally when I grew up it was really about you know doing really well in school and you know being rewarded for being you know the, the kind of good girl and being very you know everything is organized perfect good so it's also looking back at you know what are some of the beliefs that I have picked up and been programmed to believe in also disrupting um, thought patterns in, in general yeah and learning to live your own authentic lifestyle absolutely and that's that's a journey <laughs> so yeah. it's not like you're getting to like a final stage but I think, you know, more and more, and I think that's, that's also really the key of just looking at relationship with food, working your way towards getting to that, learning about yourself. Who am I? What is my truth? How do I want to, to live life and letting go of things? There are so many things from society and family <laughs> and everywhere. And just tuning that out and actually listening to what, how do I want to live my life? Well, I really like your definition of high vibration living. Really like it. I the authentic self is is the greatest journey right now with noise around us. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as we wrap up, are there any um, any other kind of health or food tips you want to share with us? Is there anything that you've been exploring or learning in the health and wellness zone that is really piquing your interest at this time? So good question. I don't think I have any specific foods. I think for me, something that I personally believe in and that I like is keeping also things simple, like going back to whole foods as much as possible, like not eating processed stuff, but also keeping it, just keeping it simple. I think we, um, again, going back to like diet culture, there are so many different ways of of eating but that can also be very that can be very stressful if we start to you know tuning into all the different ways of doing things I think it's just going back to the basics keeping it very simple and you know also if you've had a certain way of eating like I was a vegan for like three years but then I just had a you know a period or like a a day where I just felt I really want to eat eggs again. And then I just did that because it's also, I wouldn't say dangerous, but, you know, not keeping to a certain label. If you've tried something for some time and that has worked, but if you feel called to try something new that you haven't done, then, then listen to, to that. Now your body will also tell you like the body is so intelligent. It wants to be healthy. It wants to be in balance. So it will tell you when something is off. And then it's obviously great to also take support if you, if you need that. Um, but just uh, going back to, to the basics, it doesn't have to be uh, too complicated. And when should someone turn to a health coach or a holistic health coach to support their journey of improving their gut health or just feeling better in their body? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, at any time, I, I feel like it's also so easy to turn to someone when something is, you know, have, has gone too far. <laughs> you know, you might have started to feel something and then you wait until the, the pain is excruciating or you're having just a lot of intense symptoms. I don't think you need to to wait. It can also be as a preventative way, just if you're, you know, curious about learning more and 
seeing if you know if you just feel like you know you don't have the the type of energy that you want to have or you're just curious to see if you can you know, make changes or you want to learn how to eat more intuitively i'm into that so i think you know to answer your question it's at any time that, that you can do that well anna where can people learn more about you connect with you and learn from you yeah so i think the the best place where i am the most is on uh, instagram it's nourished with anna and then i have the um, the podcast that is also just launching now and that's also nourished with anna so i'm nourished with anna everywhere <laughs> perfect and then what about on yes. youtube as well i know you have a lot of videos there Yes. So on there, it's, uh, I think um, you find me as Anna Svedberg on there. Okay. Yes. Well, perfect. Thank you so much for your time today and appreciate you chatting with me all the way from Sweden and enjoy this beautiful spring transition. Thank you so much, Whitney. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Starseed Kitchen podcast. For more Starseed Kitchen, visit our website at starseedkitchen.com and follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Be sure to pick up a jar of my High Vibration Foods Organic Spices, which you can purchase on starseekitchen.com. And you can find me and follow along on my cooking adventures on all your favorite social media channels at Whitney Aronoff.